Welcome to episode 212 of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Now, today we are interviewing the one and only Roini Rathur about creating your own breakthrough. In this episode, we talk about how to create your own breakthrough despite your current circumstances, how to take ownership of your life's journey, and also how to achieve extraordinary things and make a difference in the world. Now, if you don't know Rohini, she believes that you are unique and have the potential to do extraordinary things in your lifetime. But first, you must discover what makes you unique and how you can make a difference. That clarity of vision is the first step in creating your own breakthrough. And that's what the Rohini talks about. She has a very fascinating story from being a high flyer in the city, starting, like quitting her job and starting her first business, doing something that you might not even expect at all. Yeah, we'll all discuss those things in the interview. Now, before we get started, remember that if you want to make six-figure presentation and become awesome at selling from the stage, but without compromising your integrity, I have created the Ultimate Selling from the Stage Checklist, which is the most comprehensive checklist to create a pitch that sells without using manipulative or sleazy techniques. You can find the link below in the comments, in the show notes. So scroll down and you'll find the link almost at the top. And also, if you feel that uh, this journey is isolating, is a bit lonely, you want to connect with great like-minded individuals, get free bonus training, then join our Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz Community. You can find it on Facebook, or again, you can find the link here in the show notes. And one more thing, if you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe right now. Now, it's time to get started. So enjoy the show, create your own breakthrough with Rohini Rathur. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another incredible episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And today we are here with the awesome Roini Rathur. How are you doing, Roini? I'm really good. Thank you so much, Simone. Finally, we made it happen. Uh, this episode was supposed to be recorded in September. Then we had a Wi-Fi issue and now we made it. So I'm really, really, really happy that we are managing to make uh, this interview happen. In particular, because uh, I love the topic we're going to talk about, which is going to be creating your own breakthrough. And as business owners, entrepreneurs, experts, we are running our business. It's like a, a breakthrough day after day. <laughs> and it's about being conscious as well. How can we create this breakthrough so we can take our life and our business to the next level? So, Rain, before we get started, the how to let us uh, uh, let us know a bit more about your journey and what what got you here. What got you to create your own breakthrough, starting your own business? I'm really curious to hear that. So, I think that you know, life is a series of breakthroughs for all of us, isn't it? But some are maybe more meaningful than others. So, in terms of how I got to where I am today, which is what I do as um, as a personal development coach was that I had a career which I actually thought was going to be for life you know I worked in the city and I did a job that I really loved and I couldn't imagine that I would be doing anything else 
But there came a time when actually I looked at my life and I thought, I'm not really loving this the way uh, I used to. And what job? What job were you doing? So I used to work for a wealth management company, and I was responsible for the investment of clients' money. And a number of our clients were charities, some were pension funds, and so I was actually head of UK equities, which meant that I was responsible for the investment performance of money that went into UK, you know, stocks and shares. So, so it, was, not, it was a great uh, job. It was not as more responsibility at all there. <laughs> Um, it was it was a huge privilege to be you know entrusted with people's money and so that was obviously an awesome you know position to be in and I loved my job but I think that you know however much you love a job if you find there comes a day when you're not learning something new every day mm -hmm. and it's not ticking all the boxes uh, you you have to question yourself and you've got to see whether that's the right thing for you. And I went through that phase of thinking, well, is this still the right thing for me? And I guess the answer was no, maybe not. And I was um, 47 at the time. So I was kind of getting to the phase where I thought, if I don't leave now and do something else, then I'm never going to be brave enough to mm -hmm. do that. So it was a little bit of a push from my perspective, you know, personal life as well. There were things happening. And so that's how I made that change. But right. I made it not knowing what I was going to do next. So that's where the really interesting bit came, that I knew what I didn't want to do, but I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do next. Uh, but what I did know was that I had a little bit of financial cushion to allow me the chance to just explore. And figure it and, out. And figure it out. And so that's, that's kind of how it happened. I know you had, uh, like while you were building your business. So you had a, a very interesting hobby, uh, which actually was a business as well. And uh, I think you're still doing it. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that hobby and how that came into place in that period of transition? Yeah, so um, you're talking about my hula hooping. I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. your hula hooping, yes. <laughs> yes, I actually came to be hula hooping quite late in my life. You know, I was, I was in my 40s, I was probably 42, and I discovered this little plastic ring that my kids were playing with, and I found it almost impossible to keep it going. I, mean, I looked at my daughter, she was only 10, and she was doing it with such ease, and it kind of like... This bug bit me, you know, I'm going to crack this. I'm somehow going to learn how to use this. And it started a journey because it coincided with, uh, at the time, my wanting to set up a charity to help, you know, um, a group of children in India who were very, very poor and had some mental challenges. So anyway, long story short, I thought, what shall I do that's really wacky but challenging to raise money mm -hmm. for this newly formed charity? And I thought... I'm going to teach myself to hula hoop and then I'm going to hula hoop non-stop for four and a half hours. And so that's how it all started. And uh, from there, I just basically took the hula hooping and I did lots of fundraising events. And then when I actually stopped working and I had a bit of time, I thought, what, what can I do that's quite fun, you know, that I actually love doing? Mm -hmm. And I thought, why don't I train to become a hula hoop fitness teacher? And so I did yeah. that. And then I set up, you know, my workshops and it was never intended to be my main business. So any money that I was going to make from that was going into a separate part, which was going to my charity or mm -hmm. you know, to other good causes. But actually, Simone, I think what's interesting is that setting up a business without having the motivation to make money for myself was a really good early lesson on how to set up a business 
mm-hmm. when it came to actually wanting to make it my main career. So I think in terms of breakthroughs, maybe that was a breakthrough for me. So t- tell learn. me more. Tell me more about about that because so from the city to hula hooping instructor to setting up a business and not having uh, the financial. Um, Let's say the financial goal immediately. That wasn't the most important thing. So you said that it was a breakthrough for you. Tell me a bit more about that. What was the breakthrough? So the breakthrough was that when I was in employment, you know, obviously I was doing a job and I had a number of aspects to that job. So it wasn't like, you know, just one or two things, but there were teams of people who did other things, you know, like the marketing was done by other people, the finance was done by other people, compliance, you know, so there were these teams of experts who did things that made the business work. Mm -hmm. When you start your own business, however small it is, you have to do everything. I mean, you know this and all your, you know, other members in GTEx know this very well and that's not always easy because you may love one thing. I mean, the hula hooping I loved, Mm -hmm. right? That's why I went into setting that up. What I didn't initially love was that I had to market myself. I had to face, you know, uh, booking a hall, going there, nobody turning up, you know, those kind of things. But having said that, I had already started a lot of my own personal development to understand how to deal with those situations. I had a really good mentor in terms of the lady I still consider my hoop idol who taught us about how to deal with situations like that. And and actually, I learned so much about customer care and how to, how to consistently show up, even if there's one person, show up and give them such a good experience that they want to come back, you know? Yes. Um, and so I think those things are things I've carried forward into my coaching business. Uh, I also learned how to use various, you know, uh, bits of software to create my own cool marketing material, to create a brand, to create a logo. So, yeah, that's what I mean by a breakthrough. But, you know, it was not, there was no desperation there that I have to make so much money. And if I don't, oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen? So actually, that was good because it allowed me a chance to learn and fail without having massive consequences. Now, this is a, such a great sharing because uh, uh, a lot of people forget, first of all, how many transferable skills we can we already have maybe from other experiences, like for you, you took the skills that you learned while setting up your open classes to then launch your coaching business. But also, uh, I want to make a point around pressure. Because in this industry, there is a, a lot about, you know, cut all the bridges. Uh, if you don't have the money, that's when you're going to motivate it to make money. But actually, for a lot of people, this works exactly the opposite way. It puts them uh, in the panic zone. And I remember that, uh, you know, when I was uh, struggling to pay my rent, the, m- there was no space for creativity. No. There was no room for uh, thinking about, okay, what can I do next uh, that can wow my clients? It was all about survival. Where can I get my next client? That means that I can eat tonight and still pay my rent. And so... That's a great point you're making on if you're starting out your business. Maybe you got to find out about yourself. There are some people who are more focused and productive if they cut all the bridges. Mm. But if you're the kind of person who is driven by security, have that security around you and just allow yourself the time to figure it out. 
Exactly. Whether you make it or not, it doesn't make a difference. But at least you're learning throughout the process. So thank you for sharing this. Very important, Rini. I'm, I'm curious now to know from you in your life, because we are talking about breakthroughs. So I'm, let's go a bit personal here. What was a, your biggest breakthrough, the one that you consider to be your biggest breakthrough in life? I think for me, gosh, there's several, but this is this is one I think it's only recently I've looked back and I realized that was quite a big breakthrough for me. So as you probably know, Simone, I came to England as an immigrant, so I didn't grow mm. up here. Um, and I struggled because I thought I was good at something in India, but then when I came here, I realized that those skills were not quite transferable. You know, they were they yeah. were right for that ecosystem. They were not right for here. And I had this gap of not understanding what I was good enough to be doing. So it was quite a long period of discovery and learning. And um, I was going through a phase where I didn't really want to get stuck into a permanent job that I then didn't like or felt that it was the wrong one. So I did lots of temporary jobs for quite a long period of time, nearly five mm -hmm. years. And during that time, I was applying to the city because I wanted to get into fun, um, you know, finance and you know, either as a research analyst or as a fund manager. And I had this one job interview that I still distinctly remember. And you know what they say about how women, when they see a list of six things on a job specification, if they, if they can't do uh, one, they basically won't apply. Uh, whereas I decided I wasn't going to be that person. There was one thing on that job description I couldn't do. And I thought it's only okay. one thing. I'm going to apply for it anyway. And that one thing was uh, a working knowledge of visual basic macro. I don't know if you know what that is. Okay, so it's, it's like a... <laughs> It's like a sort of low-level programming skill on Excel, mm -hmm. Microsoft okay. Excel. So I was familiar with it because I'd done some work experience. I'd seen other people use it, but I didn't really know how to use it myself. And I thought, well, that can't be so important, so I'm just going to apply. And I thought, I probably won't get an interview anyway mm -hmm. because I'd had so much rejection already. But as luck would have it, I did get an interview. And I went to this interview thinking, oh, no, I don't know how to do Visual Basic, but let me quickly swat up. And, you know, so I read the theory on this and bear in mind, this was in 95, 96. So mm -hmm. this is before the Internet and all yep. that. And as luck would have it, I went there. My interview was going really well. It was a Friday afternoon going really well. Um, and it came to sort of about 10 to 5. And he hadn't asked me anything about Visual Basic. And I'm thinking, maybe, maybe I would just get through this interview without, you know, making a fool of myself. And then he said to me, so, so I'm going to test you on your knowledge of Visual Basic. And I thought, oh, no. Sat there feeling, oh, my God, you know, just turning cold with, you know, panic. Uh, and then he said, but it's very late on a Friday. So I'm going to give you the test and you can work on it on the weekend. And then we're going to meet again on Monday, and then you can show me what you've done. I'm like weak with relief, thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> thank you, God. <laughs> and so I go home, and I work on this test. And I kid you not, I had to give myself a crash course in Visual Basic programming. <laughs> but I, I cracked it in the end. I spent about 17 hours working on it over the entire weekend. Managed to get my solution, even formatted it beautifully. I thought it was like a proper work of art. And then I went back on Monday. I was really proud of myself, you know, really mm -hmm. excited. On a, on a disc, I had my solution. So I gave it to him and, you know, sort of, he said, so, so, so tell me, how long did it take you to do this? Tell me honestly. 
So I said, um, about 14 hours. And he said, well, it should have taken you 20 minutes. <laughs> and so I didn't get the job. But here's one thing. For the first time ever, I left that meeting not feeling bad that I didn't get the job. Mm. Because I suddenly, I suddenly realized that I had just taught myself something that I had no idea how to use. Yeah. And if he had given me a chance, I would have taught it myself it. I would have done the job somehow. And that to me was a breakthrough because after that, I never, ever didn't say yes to something because I thought, I don't know how to do this. Um, so this and, I, and since then, in my coaching business, I have launched webinars, I've done workshops, having never done them before, thinking, I can do this. I'm, I'm more ready than I think I am. And yeah. that's always been the case. So for me, that was a big breakthrough that came through failure and rejection, mm -hmm. but I turned it around and I sort of changed the way I thought about myself and my abilities from yes. there on. S such a wonderful story. And I think that we can all think about a time in our life where we said yes and uh, started kind of figuring things out along the way, whether we were not sure if we were going to perform or not. Uh, I remember uh, when I when I joined the basketball team. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of was like, "Oh yeah, I can play here in the in the third in the fourth division." And uh, the coach saw me the first training, and he was like, "Are you sure you want to keep training with us?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, coach, like I give it a go." And but then I kept training, uh, and uh, the first six months uh, they didn't even call me for a game and then one day they called me for a game and i was that was one of the happiest day of my life uh, after six months of hard work but it all came because i said you know what it's something i love i love playing basketball i want to get back and maybe a team is gonna be crazy enough to take me and, yeah. <laughs> and after a while it i happened. think to coming back to that story what was interesting is that 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 may sound like a random little story of, you know, mm. mindset change. But actually that thing I learned uh, to create visual basic macros actually was responsible for why I was able to create a niche in my career uh, of, you know, doing UK equities on a thematic basis. But, you know, I don't want to go into the details, but I spent three years creating a model which proved to people that this worked. And I could not have done it if I didn't know how to use visual basic. Wow. So these things, these things. <laughs> You know, whatever you learn, I always think that anything you learn, even though it feels like a waste, it never is, because you can always find a way to use it. Oh my God, that's such a, this is such a good ending of that part of the story. It's like, <laughs> I, I, it reminds me of, um, I'm sure probably you've seen this, the, the talk from Steve Jobs about connecting the dots at yes. Stanford University. That's, I believe, is a brilliant example of exactly. connecting the dots. So... Now, let's look at people that want to make their own breakthrough. Now, we all, as entrepreneurs, we want to make our breakthroughs. We have uh, breakthroughs uh, consistently, and we need to have these consistent breakthroughs because technology is moving really fast. Mm -hmm. The business world is consistently changing. What was working yesterday is not going to work tomorrow. And uh, we don't know then what's going to work tomorrow at all. So there are all these question marks uh, in a, this is such a evolving fast-paced industry in which we are in so how can people entrepreneurs in particular start creating their own breakthrough maybe in things that they feel stuck that they just think that is too big for them yeah 
So there's a couple of elements to that. I actually want to think about, you know, the kind of products and the companies that actually have become um, synonymous with innovation and breakthroughs. So if you think about Apple, or Google, or, you know, Tesla, I mean, these companies, the reason they come in, or even companies like Airbnb and Uber, you know, they have come in, they have disrupted the status quo. They've come up with a very sort of innovative new way of doing things which initially may not have worked mm -hmm. but they have created a whole new market now we we understand that when it comes to business but we often don't do that for us as individuals because yes. we get comfortable we you know we get wedded to something that we created and we don't want to say goodbye to that and start again so i think to really genuinely create a breakthrough and to always be relevant and maybe ahead of the curve we have to think about three things. One is we have to think about what I call proactive maintenance. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of a big word for essentially looking within yourself and think what's not working? What can I fix now before it gets really bad? Mm -hmm. So whether that's your health or whether it's your skill base or whether it's your mindset, you know, so proactive maintenance. Second is innovation. So think about the things you're already doing. How can you do them better? Mm -hmm. So constantly looking to improve and, you know, develop yourself and develop the products and your offering. And the third is to be willing to disrupt. And that means sometimes, and this sounds horrible, but be willing to kill your own babies, which is, is such a horrible expression. But what it means is that you create something mm. and then you have to be able to take an objective view and agree that it's not working anymore. So it's like me sort of saying goodbye to my career that I I thought I would do for life because I loved it so much. And I looked at it dispassionately, thought, it's not working for me anymore. Okay, I have a lot of financial security and it's going to be scary to say goodbye to that. But for my own sake and for my own future happiness, I have to do this. So yeah. I think we have to do that. So I think if, if we can always find ways in which to have those three elements mm -hmm. in our lives, then we will be constantly creating fresh breakthroughs and getting ahead. Mm -hmm. But, sorry, before you, yeah. before I finish. But the reason it's hard to do that ourselves is because we don't always see ourselves the way the world sees us, which is why sometimes it's really good to have someone who's a mentor or a coach or mm -hmm. someone who's like your cheerleader who can also be objective and tell you the truth, you know, tell you, listen, this is not working. You're not as good as you used to be. You need to make a change. So let's explore a bit more. Okay, actually, before we move on, can you please repeat again the three elements? Because I think it gives us a, a chance uh, to, to all our listeners to, to take some notes because they were really sure. powerful. So let's recap the three elements. So the first one is proactive maintenance. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a term that's often used by manufacturing companies that have factories. And so today, for instance, we had a burst water main mm -hmm. and Thames Water came and fixed it. Now, in an ideal world, Thames Water would have the ability to check to see any pipes that are showing some form of mm -hmm. weakness so they could go and fix it before it bursts and causes lots of disruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah? So the same analogy works for us as human beings. You know, our body will often give us little signs that we're not feeling good mm -hmm. or the business is giving little signs. Maybe customers are not coming back to, to our shops anymore or not. No. You know, there's always signs, but you need yeah. to have an open mind and open, open your eyes and senses to, to recognize these signs and then do something about it. So Perfect. that's proactive, proactive maintenance. maintenance. Second is innovation. Innovation. So don't, don't get comfortable with what you're doing today because what 
makes you great today will probably not be good enough tomorrow mm -hmm. because someone else is going to come along and do what you do even better. Yeah. So you have to find a way to constantly find new ways, you know, speak to your clients, you know, get feedback from your clients. What do you, what do you love about what I do? What can I do better? Uh, I always do this every single event. Mm -hmm. I have a feedback form and I want to know what I can do better. So innovation. And the third one is disruption because what's very clear is that there is a lot of disruption that other people are going to wreak havoc in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so your competitors are going to come along and they're going to either, you know, undercut you or give something else, you know, which you're not giving. So why wait for that to happen and then you react to that? You know, why don't you disrupt? If something's not working anymore, just close it down and start, you know, something fresh. Yes. But do, do it in a way that doesn't feel too dramatic. So if you're always doing little bits, then it's the compounding benefit of small changes, which can lead to exponential growth, which is what you're all about. <laughs> I, love, so. I love the word exponential <laughs> growth. I love that word. Yeah. Now, so I would love just to uh, dig a bit deeper for a moment uh, in the proactive maintenance. Because uh, I do a lot of interviews with a lot of experts, and uh, we often talk about disruption, we often talk about innovation, which is in the realm of making things different. But what we're saying here in terms of proactive maintenance is actually making what we are already doing work that works, work even better. Yeah. How can you get, do you have a framework or can you give an example on how can we do, can we do this in our business in this case? So if someone is running a coaching business, how would I know the things that are working well and what can I do to make them work even better? Yeah. So there's a number of elements to that because, you know, you've got to think about the resources you're using. So your resource obviously is uh, your time, it's your money, but it's also your personal health and well-being. So if you find that in your current job, you're working flat out, you know, you're working like seven days a week, maybe you're doing 12-hour days, you've got no time for yourself, then chances are you're slowly burning out. Okay, maybe you're making lots of money, you're feeling like you're doing lots because you're always busy, but chances are you're actually slowly wearing out the thing that's your most precious resource. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to willing to stop, step back and just look at yourself and think, is this really how I can carry on building my business? Yeah. If not, then what changes can I make? Then, of course, you will think about, you know, individual business, like how can I make my time more productive? How can I do more? In the same time, maybe I can outsource stuff, maybe I can delegate, maybe I can build a team and not do everything myself. Uh, maybe I could do um, some things differently because actually they're not really adding value to my clients. So it's all these little things. And I think that's where, you know, having someone like me or perhaps someone like you to come in and give somebody a, an external perspective on how they're doing things now can help them do that proactive maintenance. But I think the most important thing is to listen to your body because I think the most mm -hmm. precious thing is our health. And that's a bit that often suffers. You know, when people become suddenly very successful, they become get so caught up in, you know, being at different places, different times, you know, being at different talks and things like that, that they don't pay attention to what their body may be telling them. I know this so, very well. <laughs> mm, you I, are, yep. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I mean, you're just like, you're amazing 
like a Duracell battery, but even they run out at some point. So. That, that was my biggest, uh, and it still is the thing that I'm struggling the most with. Uh, um, is a, I think it's just a, it's been consistent for me, the fact that work has never been a problem. I can, uh, if I find something I love, I'm just going to work, and I don't care if it's going to take me, you know, 48 hours straight. I just don't feel it. But what I feel is the aftermath <laughs> after that. And so I'm, uh, things started changing for me when I got married because my wife is completely the opposite. And if it wasn't for her, I would probably see doing what I kept doing for many years. And, but she just like, I want to go on holiday. I want to chill. Let's relax. And I'm like, but I'm working. I shut up. Close the laptop. Come and see. <laughs> so that's the kind of, that's what needed to happen for me to make that to make that shift and i think uh, i could there is a still improvements that can be made <laughs> on I that think area. she was she was the catalyst for you wasn't it absolutely. wasn't she to make absolutely. you and i think it's it's fair that when you have a family like i have you know children i have i have other responsibilities as well so i think you become more mindful of how precious your time is, how precious your health is. Exactly. Um, and I think you need to be that, otherwise you will you will regret it at some point because uh, you are absolutely. gonna. Absolutely, I yeah. totally agree with you. So now we are going towards the end of the interview. Now, Rohini, you have been a, a GTEx member, a GTEx lifetime member for a while. What made you join GTEx? Uh, what did you find in GTEx that said, okay, that's the place for me? Um, I think there were a number of things. I, I think I felt that the the community was very. There were lots of like-minded people, which is which is something that you miss when you go into business on your own, because hmm. you don't have you know the camaraderie of maybe colleagues and and the same kind of opportunities to chat with people who are not necessarily competing with you direct. So that was lovely. But I think also people that run GTEx, you know, including you and, you know, Siawash, Ben, Caroline, I think these people bring in uh, expertise that is very difficult for someone like me to access separately. It would cost a lot more money and take up a lot more time to find the right experts to give things, you know, like the advice, like the kind of workshops you mm -hmm. hold uh, have been such great value for money, for me anyway giving me so much more clarity. And then, of course, the bespoke ones, you know, with, with Caroline, uh, having Siawash to guide me as a coach. So I think all of those put together, and I'm sure there's a lot more that I have not even scratched the surface on, you know, all the courses that you've uh, spent time creating. Uh, but I don't, I'm not somebody who actually just goes and consumes this stuff. I go when I need it, yeah. you know, because I'm, I'm one of these people, as I said to you earlier, I look at an opportunity and think I'm going to do this. Okay, now to do this, what do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. And then I will go back and see, okay, what have I got in terms of resources that I can use? And then I will learn awesome. it. Because then I, then I can apply it immediately. So I don't know if that answers your question. I that think for me, <laughs> it was a great sort of one-stop shop for mm -hmm. lots of things, including some incredible friendships that I've already formed. Uh, thank you very much for sharing. Uh, and... Uh, if you want guys to learn how you can become a GTEx member, then there is a link. If you scroll down uh, here in the show notes, uh, you can book a call with our awesome Sephora and uh, she can uh, tell you what's, uh, what's an offer and how we can support uh, you and your business. Now, getting back to you, Ruini, I want to, before we leave, we want to lift the veil. 
And this is the part where I ask all my guests to share an app, a book, a resource, or a tool that you're using to make your life and business better. What's that for you? For me, there's a couple of books that I've read that have really changed my life. Can I mention two or is, is it just one? Of course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> so what, one of them is a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza and it's called You Are the Placebo. And some of your listeners may have already read it. Uh, to me, it was it was actually interesting because I was challenged by a client of mine because when I, when I talked to him about visualization, he wanted proof how does this work mm -hmm. so I tried really hard I kind of gave him some you know material to read and some you and he was just not convinced you know he was not convinced um, in the end I kind of parted ways with this client because I mm -hmm. felt that I couldn't work with someone who was always questioning me who sure. wasn't willing but what he did give me was a really huge gift and he told me about this book and he said you know you should read this book because it will answer the questions that I was asking you and it is an amazing book and it basically tells you the power of the mind to create a life you want. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is something I have always believed in. I've done this for myself, but I never really understood the science behind it. And it's a wonderful book that bridges spirituality with science. So I think whichever you know side of the coin you sit on, it's an amazing book that does both of that. Um, Can you repeat the title once again? It's called You Are the Placebo. Yes, by You Are the Placebo. Dr. By Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And the second book? And the second book I've just finished reading, actually, is called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, who is the founder of Nike. Yeah. Have you read that? Not yet, but you are, you're, you're not the first person who mentions it in a uh, in few days. So it's a kind of a sign of destiny for me to read it or listen to it. <laughs> I would say listen to it because I actually listen to the Audible yeah. and the, the narrator is absolutely brilliant. I was, is it's a book about business and it's his story, but it gave me goosebumps. It's so beautifully written. And there's such powerful messages. You know, sometimes people say business is all about money and you've got to listen to his story and it tells you that business is, the day your business is all about money is the day your business is in trouble. That's what he says. Yes. It, should never, it should never be all about just about money. Um, it's a great book. Awesome. So Shoe Dog fr uh, from, uh, what's the author again? I've uh, Phil Knight. Phil K -N -I -G -H -T. Knight. Awesome. So you can scroll down. Uh, there are going to be those titles here in the show notes so you can download them. Uh, now it's time to wrap up, Rowan. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. If people want to reach out to you, get to know you, work with you, work, what do you have for them and where can they, can they get in contact with you? So they can get in touch with me via Facebook. So I have uh, my own personal page, but I also have my business page, which is actually under my name, Rohini Rato. Uh, they can also get in touch via LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, I do have a Twitter account, but I don't use it very much. So I would probably not suggest that one. And of course, you know, my website, uh, which is, um, you're probably going to put the link at the bottom. So yes. you can email me through my website as well. Fantastic. So make sure you get in touch uh, with Rohini, attend their amazing workshops. Uh, I was recently uh, at uh, one of her latest workshops uh, around uh, powerful communication. And uh, it's that it was a very powerful, it's using the title of the workshop, <laughs> to 
to see how we can communicate better as human beings because uh, it all involves around communication. Everything we do, we do with your clients, uh, to get new clients, and uh, communication is not one of the skills that uh, is often thought well enough. So I absolutely love attending as well your workshop and, and being there. And I know you're going to do more of them, so make sure you check, uh, check out Rini, check see where their next workshop is going to be, and then sign up there. Uh, Rohini, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for, uh, for being on the show with us. Thanks for having me, Simone. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, it's my pleasure. And thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the show. Uh, now, if you enjoy, there is uh, only one thing you got to do. Actually, two things. One is to subscribe. I know that button is calling you, so click click that subscribe button and also leave us a review it will mean the world to us we put a lot of work in finding the best guests in creating the best content for you so it will mean the world to me if you can leave us a review on itunes let us know what did you enjoy the most or what else you would like to us to cover and then if you send me the screenshot with that review in my email which is simone at gtex.org.uk then I will send you a little gift, a little surprise. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening and remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao.